0: I'm a free man, Brian.
1: (laughs) Well, by my calculations, you're already 10% of the way through your vacation, so you might as well start (laughs) kind of like wrapping up, you know? That's not helpful to think about it like that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Welcome to episode 377 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Marshall Bach and I'm Brian Levin and his voice hurts
1: (laughs) and I'm losing my voice. Hi.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, in the hopes of keeping Brian's voice somewhat healthy throughout this episode, uh, I did the intro and I'm going to do some more
1: talking than usual. I'm sorry.
0: I apologize ahead of time. It's okay. But
1: uh, yeah, how you doing, bud? You know, hanging in there. Voice, I don't even know how I'm losing my voice, honestly. I woke up today just feeling like shit, just like nauseous, like I couldn't stand up for more than a few minutes at a time. I don't know. It's like, how do you lose your voice from that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much. But I will not skip everyone's favorite segment of this podcast called yeah. Brian Fucks Up the Pronunciation of Your Name. So Yay. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is my sacrifice for you. Here we go. We have... Just another bundle of lovely people who have supported the show this week. So huge shout outs to Jesper Andrell, David, Nikita Kopenkov, Kayla Rodriguez, Tanner Woodworth, Josh, Miles, Jason Zarita, John Thatchell, Catherine R., Ross P.W., Timothy, Grady Congdon, and John Wood. What a wow. list. We also have a lot of divas in there. We got David and Josh and Miles like Miles. too cool to make me pronounce Timothy. your last name. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm I'm cool with it. I, I think that's perfectly fine. If you if you just want to have the one name, like claim Josh, you know, nobody else has claimed it. <laughs> I am Josh.
1: <laughs> Very little competition for that name, I hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Miles' last name is Morales.
1: We'll never know. Yeah. There you go. Well, thank you everyone for supporting the show. Yeah. We really appreciate it.
0: Well, uh, if you didn't know, we're a listener supported podcast. That means that people like you help us make the show every week that pays for our software and hardware, all the stuff we use to to make the show every week. And uh, people support us by going to Patreon.com slash design details. That's our Patreon. It's it's just a buck a month, Brian. Just a dollar a month. Just one
1: doll hair. Come on, yo.
0: <laughs> USD. Yeah. And <laughs> what you get for that dollar is a special segment. It's basically the other half of the show, which uh, we call the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. 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 Hey, you're doing the echo this time. Nice, I like it. The sidebar is kind of like the other half of the show. It's a a very design-centric segment, either like a a story from us or an extra listener question or a really design-heavy tool topic or something. Today, for example, we talked about variants in Figma,
1: at length for quite a while at
0: at length we got real into the weeds so if you're interested in that kind of stuff go to uh, patreon.com design details just a buck a month and we really appreciate anybody who becomes a patron a, a very important pixel and thanks again to all the very important pixels from this week
1: all right we had one tweet this week that was cool on the note of patreon uh this one comes from Catherine on twitter Catherine tweeted at us i'm a proud patron of design details on patreon and you should be too hashtag new patron.
0: I think she was in our list, actually. She was from this week. She's Catherine R., I think. Yeah, because her her uh, Twitter name is KR Lyric. So,
1: uh, yeah. Catherine, Catherine R. Here we go. Yeah, so uh, don't just take it from us. Take it from Catherine R. on Twitter, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who endorses wholeheartedly supporting the show. Thanks, Catherine. For sure. Okay, main topic time. Let's do it. All right, we have a listener question this week. This one comes to us from GitHub on our GitHub repository. Lucas Papantonio says, design has matured as a discipline. There are a lot of good people in the industry. We've got design systems, better processes, but it also becomes more commoditized. What skills do you think an experienced designer should invest in now to be future-proof in the next few years? For instance, 3D and AR, VR are expected only to get more and more popular. AI and machine learning are already very much in demand, et cetera. What do you think? On what do you invest yourself in nowadays? Good question. Yeah, good question. It's so funny, Marshall, because we like we listed out a whole list of things, which we will talk about briefly in a second. But he asks, like, what are you actually doing personally? And I don't think I'm doing too much of this stuff. So maybe we <laughs> could talk about like where we fall personally on what we're working on.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to frame it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, maybe we'll start with a couple of the ones that he mentioned in the question itself, which is AR, VR, or like 3D. And yeah, I think AR, VR is very specific, and adoption seems to be pretty low. I think I think that's a more of a long term play if you if you want to dive deep into that. But definitely like 3D in general, I've seen even internally, I've seen a lot of really cool uses of blender or uh, cinema 4d whatever tools you can get your hands on
1: yeah i feel like if you're a designer and you really want to like level up here you should probably primarily do it because it's fun and you're interested in it i feel like the only bet on this being a, a skill that contributes to you being like a future-proof designer is quite a large bet on a company like apple or google kind of figuring out glasses and like making ar and vr or i guess you just say xr like A much more regular consumer experience right now it's it's growing and it's getting good but it's still very Mm -hmm. specialized it tends to revolve around games for the most part or shopping Um, but anything outside of that i don't know I, i feel like you should pursue it if it sounds fun and if you're lucky it'll pay off if apple and google and all these companies sort of crack the persisted ar lifestyle i guess
0: yeah, I mean, it seems to be heading that way with some of the new hardware that's being included on new phones. Yeah. I mean, we got know, LiDAR on the new iPhones.
1: Stuff. Like, we're getting there. Yeah. It's coming along.
0: So, yeah, we seem headed in that direction. But also, you know, Touch ID was a thing for a while and then it went away and maybe it's coming back. Who knows? <laughs> so, anyways, what's some other stuff? Uh, you, you wrote down here startup finance. I don't, those are two words that I'm very unfamiliar with. So maybe <laughs> startup we can talk and about finance. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like this one, again, this might be too niche, but. I took a class in college called Startup Finance, and it's been so useful, especially just because of the world that I live in, which is Silicon Valley tech startups. I'm into this kind of stuff. And I think the most valuable things that I learned there were really just around equity and how startups raise money. Like, What does it mean to be on a cap table? What does it mean to have shares in a company? What does it mean when you get an offer from a company and they say, we're going to give you $200,000 worth of stock or whatever, like, what does that even mean? And you have to actually have some reference to know like, okay, well, that translates into some number of shares or RSUs or options, each of those are different things, then you need to know the tax strategy for those things, you need to know like how that calculates into percentage of ownership, you need to know the kinds of voting rights you'll have with those shares or options there's so much that actually really makes a difference and people who don't know a lot about this kind of stuff can get screwed. Like if you come across a startup that is being a little bit predatory when they're hiring, they might offer you 1% of their company, but they might be offering you 1% of really ready to dilute shares that don't have as many voting rights and have a super long vesting cliff. Like all this stuff matters when you're thinking about compensation. So that's probably where I'd focus I don't know that it makes you a better designer, but I think it makes you more informed about the kinds of places you want to work for. It might help you fight for uh, more equitable compensation, which might change the title that you get, which might change the kind of work you do. I don't know. You could imagine some downstream consequences of being able to negotiate well if you're into the startup world. So, where to start? Uh, <laughs> this was, uh, I learned about this in 2014. So, let me pull up some links. I'll, I'll try and put up a couple. <laughs> cursory links. There's some good people to follow on Twitter and and obviously a shit ton of books and articles about this stuff. But I think it's something to be familiar with if you're interested in startups. Good insights, Brian. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Um, Moving on. So uh, I think one thing, regardless of which track you plan on moving forward with, whether that's management or IC, I think having good leadership skills and good people skills in general is Something that will always benefit you. Um, it's kind of an evergreen thing, but it doesn't really matter if you're going to be managing people or not. Knowing how to resolve conflict, knowing how to, you know, which communication methods are the right ones to use at any given point, and how to interact with people around you when they're not necessarily doing what you would expect or hope them to do, uh, all of those skills are very useful regardless of where you find yourself, whether it's a large company, small company, leadership, IC, regardless. Yeah.
1: Would you maybe? put that into like a broader bucket of just communication skills which could be like talking to people but it also could be like presenting and formulating a story or articulating a strategy that kind of thing
0: um i I would put that as a separate thing like yeah how to communicate a narrative i think is a separate thing but also very important yeah yeah your your uh, presentation skills are super important
1: all right next on the list is prototyping i yeah i just don't see a way that being better at prototyping could ever have a negative impact on your abilities as a designer like yep demos speak louder than static pngs that you've uploaded somewhere and the ability to quickly prototype ideas express gestures or interactions or the way a thing would behave with real animation curves and and actually getting to experience tapping it in some sort of simulator or or mirroring app like This changes the game and people who are really good at prototyping, at least in my experience, seem to also be the people who are really good at communicating because they think through how the thing is going to work and feel and look and the way you touch it and drag it like all this kind of stuff intertwines. So I think it's not really investing in a specific tool, but really just learning how to express the fundamental idea you were trying to build or design or convince someone of in a way that they can touch and interact with and feels real uh that's Mm -hmm. superpowers and not even to mention like the importance of prototyping to have uh higher fidelity conversations in a user research setting and actually showing it to customers or users and having them feel like they're using a real thing instead of just tapping through what are clearly screenshots
0: yep (laughs) yep I 100% agree. Yeah, I think um even if you don't have a prototype in your hand that you're that you're actually tapping through, you can still create a really useful leave behind of a video from a from a prototype that does far more wonders in a deck or it, when communicating a design as a gif than just those static pngs. People can actually see that flow even if they can't touch it. Like you can still create a video from that prototype. Yep. Cool. All right. So Lucas also mentioned AI and machine learning in his list of things that might be useful for making you a future-proof designer, Brian. Do you think those
1: are super useful for us? I guess the way I think about these, and this is not coming from a place with a ton of experience, so grain of salt, I just view these as another tool to solve different kinds of problems. Yep. And just knowing that they exist or the basics of how they work feels like enough for me. Like, you could imagine certain designers going super deep depending on the field they're working in or the type of problem that they're solving. But generally, I think if you want to learn about AI and machine learning, you just need to recognize how those tools solve certain kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to work on something in your product that was around predictions or, or content sorting or image identification, like all these things, being able to articulate like, okay, we're going to approach it with, something here like AI or ML or we need some sort of data set. And again, I'm not even an expert here, but I feel like just the ability to know what they do (laughs) is like already enough. So that's all I have to say about AI and ML. I don't know. Do you feel strongly about either of those?
0: No, I I think that's exactly how I feel. It's it's just another tool. And you you should know what it's capable of and where the boundaries of its usefulness are. But aside from that, like unless you plan on becoming an engineer, ML and AI are are kind of just another tool as an input of data for us. Well, speaking of code, Brian, should designers code? <laughs> uh, um, maybe, right? So I think one of the things that that is uh, always good and will serve you well in the years to come, regardless of the language that you learn, just understanding how... Code kind of works, and how engineers think is a, a huge benefit. And it doesn't have to be specific to a given language, as long as you understand just those fundamentals of, like, hey, there's things called variables and constants, and uh, the way containers fit together, and and uh, potentially some specifics about the platform that you're familiar with. So scroll views or how how different views interact with one another. Does this make sense, Brian?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we could debate the should code ad nauseum argument, like whatever, we could go on forever (laughs) there. But I feel like in the same way that you would hope that your engineers that you work with understand why an eight point grid is important or a grid at Mm -hmm. all is important, Mm -hmm. you should also pay that respect back to them and understand the way logic works in the app. Like instead of having to ask, is it possible to like show this thing? You should just be able to know like, oh, we have Mm -hmm. this data somewhere. Uh, this is like the type of condition in which we might show or hide it. And it fits into the layout of this component in a certain way. Like you don't have to get super in the weeds and like know the implementation details, but just knowing what's possible. I feel like that's the, some of the more, more effective designers I've ever worked with know how to do just that. So I don't know, maybe that's just uh, some bias on my end, but I think it's important and I would recommend people spend that time. If anything, if anything, Like, there's no downside to this, right? Like, I don't really see a downside to having a better communication channel with your engineers or building more empathy to the way things that you design actually get built. Exactly. Those seem like really positive side effects no matter what you learn.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think it it doesn't really matter as long as you show that empathy and are are trying to understand where they're coming from. That goes a long way. All right. Cool. Uh, Another one, and this is one near and dear to my heart. Is writing, Brian?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Being a
0: good writer, avoiding typos, knowing how to punctuate properly—these things go a long way to convincing other people that you aren't an idiot and you actually know what you're doing. I just,
1: I feel like this almost encompasses everything else. Like, if you can't talk about why something is important or why something should be the way it, it, you want it to be. Or how decisions get made, or the results of of the things that you build. Like, if you can't articulate those in a clear way that makes your argument in a convincing manner, like is enjoyable to read, isn't boring, has life to it. We're not even talking about UI copywriting at this point, but that's a whole other thing. Like, just the ability to write is so fucking important. And uh, you know, this is a painful one, I think, for a lot of people to learn, especially people who are might not speak English as a first language and they're working in an English speaking company, you know, any investment there, I feel like will have outsized returns for you compared to some of these other things. Like being able to write well, seems like something I would focus on before I, did any research about artificial intelligence.
0: Well, from my experience, the people who English as a second language, they're better at English than those of us who only speak it as our only language. No, that's so. a
1: good point. I'm glad you called it out. I shouldn't have made the yeah. assumption that everyone who doesn't speak English as a first language would inherently be worse, because that's just not true.
0: Yeah, I think you've ever met anybody who's become a citizen you know, and wasn't born here. It's like they know way more about U.S. history than I ever
1: will. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, that's true.
0: Anyways. Uh, Cool. So I, I guess maybe the way to wrap this up is that you should make sure that you just have a firm grasp on all of the fundamentals of design itself, regardless of what your role is or what realm of design you find yourself in. Understanding type and color and layout and accessibility, all of those things will always be important and, and useful into the future.
1: Yeah, and it's important to keep up with them. Like, It's not like the fundamentals are are not changing like we are continually exploring new ways to use color and designs because we're inventing new screens and color profiles Mm -hmm. accessibility is changing as we're inventing new primitives to let people uh use tools like voiceover or or use screen Mm -hmm. readers like these things are are evolving as well and being able to know how those changes are going to impact your design is important so that's not something i think you can just learn once then never follow up on
0: yeah I, th- I think an overriding theme of this is just keeping your finger on the pulse right
1: like continuing to pay attention
0: and stay abreast of all of the changes in the industry uh, or at least the ones that uh, affect you and yeah that's how you stay future proof Yeah, stay aware keep paying attention
1: what's uh what's one thing you're working on right now marshall
0: of these things. Uh, I want to play around with. So I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I, or maybe it was last episode, that I bought a new computer. And one of the reasons that I got an over the top processor and an over the top graphics card is because I want to do some 3D work. So I'll be playing around with that over the next month, I think.
1: Awesome. Okay. What about you? Mostly the writing part, I think. I'm still trying to get better at fundamentals. I'm like practicing design, usually just on my personal website, which is just this kind of constant iterative process of identifying things that I hate and making really small tweaks. But outside of that, I feel like I'm just trying to write more. And that's happening externally, a little bit internally, taking better notes, like writing in Mm -hmm. in my work journal, like all of these things I feel like are super important and I can just only get better at. So I want to keep focusing on that. And you know, the shitty thing is like a lot of this stuff requires some trade-off. I hate it, but like you can't do all of this at once. So you got to like prioritize where you are, whatever phase of career you're in or the type of work you're doing or the problems you're solving, you might end up getting sort of nudged to focus on some of these earlier than the others. Like 3D sounds so interesting to me, but it really would have to be something that I, I do purely for fun. Like I can't think of very many practical applications for it in what I'm working on right now. So that's why I'm doing it on my time. Exactly. Off, right? Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. But it's probably not something that I would prioritize when there's just a lot more obvious things that I could be better at, at my job. Cool. Whoo. Well,
0: hopefully that was a good answer. Long, <laughs> we were going to
1: do a short episode. Yeah, we came in thinking 30-minute episode, and here we are, almost an hour. <sighs>
0: well, if you're not a very important pixel, this might only be a 30-minute oh, episode. For
1: me, so, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, we had a good sidebar about variance. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Let's talk about uh, cool things. What's your cool thing, Brian? So I l- took a very long drive this weekend, a very, very long drive, okay. and listened to an audio book, Uh, It's the newest Malcolm Gladwell book called Talking to Strangers. Uh, What do you know about Malcolm Gladwell?
0: I've read a few of his books. I'm always thinking about his TED Talk where he talked about how uh, there is no perfect spaghetti sauce. There are only perfect spaghetti sauces. Link in the show notes. Highly recommended.
1: Yeah. Well, I've, I've read a few of his books as well in the past, and his books are just very fun. And I know there are critiques of the way he writes and the stories that he tells, but by God, the stories are memorable and they're interesting and he tells them in compelling ways and he weaves stories together in ways that make you sort of cross-reference totally different fields or ideas mm-hmm. in a way you've never done before. So I don't know. I I found it enjoyable. I liked it. Um, they spend a lot of time talking to police and like, a more criminal nature, like how we talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. So for, for anyone who's interested or has had a positive experience with the Malcolm Gladwell book, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it.
0: Yeah, he, he reminds me of like Long Form Radiolab, if that tracks. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was a good like 12-hour audiobook, which isn't even that long of an audiobook, I guess. Did he read it? Was it his voice? He read it, yeah. He he narrates all of his own audiobooks.
0: Awesome. Love it. Cool thing, Brian. Good one. Well, my cool thing is uh, a YouTube channel that I've been enjoying watching lately. Did I recommend this to you, Brian?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: I feel like I might have Okay, well, uh, I recommend it to you now. (laughs) So the channel's called Dr. Garuda, and he is a clay sculptor, modeler sculptor, I guess. And he makes these little, like, I don't know what the scale is, one-eighth, something like that, probably about a foot tall sculptures of popular culture characters, usually from, like, anime or marvel or dc or something like that superheroes and stuff like that so everything from dragon ball z to you know wolverine fighting the incredible hulk or whatever and these sculptures are amazing and he it's a time lapse or it's actually it's not a time lapse it's like um like a, like a montage yeah a montage there you go that's the word that's called a montage so uh <laughs> the way he puts show. together the physique, it's amazing to watch. First off, he has like an incredible understanding of at least the male anatomy or just like, you know, skeletal <laughs> and, and... He's got
1: them abs down. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: musculature. Like he, he understands it inside and out. So... It's been really cool to just have those, uh, well, reflex those muscles, no pun intended, from art school, you know, doing life drawing and stuff like that. I I know how the skeleton works and how the the muscular system works, but I haven't really uh, utilized it too much in my recent work. So it's cool to see that. And it makes me just want to, like, buy some clay and try it myself because he makes it look so damn easy.
1: Oh, my God. No way! This looks so fucking hard. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of scrubbing through as you're talking the uh, Goku and Frieza one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is nuts.
0: Yeah, the I mean it's just so good. And then he paints it at the end, so he's modeling in brown clay and he finishes that, even putting texture and everything. Like just the level of detail is pretty insane. But then he paints everything white and then paints over it and has really beautiful you know final shots at the end with turnarounds and stuff. So highly recommended if you if you want to watch some like soothing it's like oddly satisfying fodder you know what i mean highly this is recommended.
1: dope this is really cool. cool this is i mean this guy knows how to sculpt some quads let's just say that <laughs> yeah quads pecs abs
0: biceps he's got them down
1: really impressive wow
0: Cool Cool thing. Thanks. Wow. Enjoy. That's a hit. Well, that's it. This has been episode 377 of the Design Details Podcast. I've been Marshall Bach.
1: I'm Brian Lovett. Wait, (laughs) do we do that at the end? No, we don't.
0: (laughs) But I always always want it to. My brain always tries to make it happen, but then you don't say it. Switching it up. I like it. It's my turn, Brian. I'm doing what I want to do. Can't tell me nothing. So yeah, 377 Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you'd like to support us, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details. For just a buck a month, you get access to the sidebar. Waiting for the echo. Sidebar, sidebar. There it is. (laughs) The sidebar is a, a fun little extra bit of the episode. Today we talked about variants in Figma. got real deep in those weeds. So if you're interested, just a buck a month, you get access to that. And every past sidebar we've done for the past several months Brian yeah and everyone going forward lots more to come lots more to come every week so patreon.com slash design details we love hearing from you so hit us up on twitter we are at design details fm and uh links in the show notes but yeah check out links in the show notes and we'll see you next week bonsoir marshall
1: Bonsoir, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I should
0: have seen it coming.
1: That's my go-to. That's I fucking love that. I love the way he says that in that show, man.
0: <laughs> we're talking about Mr. Robot in case you uh if you're not here for the lore of the past Yeah, yeah, we're...
1: yeah. Yeah, this is a deep cut for any long-time <laughs> listeners. All right. Au revoir, Brian. <laughs> Later.